young man was excited, to say the least, about the scene unfolding below us on West Hickory Street, headed into the town square of Denton, Texas, where 50-plus custom Peterbilts had begun to line up at Hickory and Elm, each to in turn make their run around the square in Peterbilt's Pride and Class Parade. This was last October, 2023, and the freight demand situation for many in attendance could easily have put a damper on the mood of all involved. If you're not struggling in trucking, you better be very quiet about it. Certainly don't tell anyone, fleet owner Troy Massey went on from there to say. If you do, chances are they'll be coming for your business soon enough. I'm Todd Dills, and know that though freight market dynamics could have put a damper on the proceedings, in general the mood at the invite-only pride and class event for truck owners is upbeat, for Massey included. No, this is a pretty prestigious event. Yeah, I've never been invited before. This is my first year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. The same goes for two other owners featured in today's edition of Overdrive Radio for February 16th, 2024 for podcast subscribers and airing at the world-famous OverdriveOnline.com Monday, February 19th. Wherever you're listening, settle in for a tour through history via three models and a long lineage of Pete's. The 1984 vintage Peterbilt 359, custom restored by owner-operator Greg Crispell, to oil and gas pipeline professional Jarrett Landry's quote-unquote oversized dually. It's an 88 379 extended hood, 48-inch stand-up, 240 wheelbase on a newer chassis. Finally, Troy Massey's latest custom creation, moving well forward into model year 2022, 389. With the 589 taking that model's place in the long hood genre for Pete this year, consider today's edition something of a tribute to all that's come before, and all that remains well entrenched in the present through the work of these owner-operators. We'll dive right in with owner-operator Greg Crispell's 359 after the break. Keep tuned. Winter weather predictions can be unreliable. Be prepared for whatever is in store this year with Howe's Diesel Treat and Howe's Diesel Lifeline. The nation's number one anti-gel, Diesel Treat is the only guaranteed anti-gel on the market. And Diesel Lifeline has absolutely no harmful alcohol and requires no mixing or fuel filter replacements. Available nationwide, Howe's products are designed to keep you rolling through the toughest conditions. Howe's, tested, trusted, guaranteed. Visit howesproducts.com. Find more information at HOWESHOWESHOWESPRODUCTS.COM. Now, here's a bit of a window on the one truck business of owner operator Greg Crispell, who's kept in working order the 1984 Model 359 I mentioned earlier. To start, a little window on the Pete Pride and Class Parade around the Denton Town Square in Texas. The voice you'll hear to start is that of Peterbilt's own Jan Lingelius, who emceed the parade, sharing information about each truck and its owner as it began its lap around the square to the delight of the throngs lining the road and the rooftops all around. Here we go. This truck comes to us all the way from my own state, New York. Known by Greg Crystal, this is the 1984 model 359 for the 280s wheelbase. It's normally pulls a step back trailer and in New York. This is Greg Crystal. Thanks for bringing us to show us our way. We'll be seeing you when we try to figure out who comes in the world that's the way. Wonderfully cheap stuff coming all the way from the East Coast. This is 1984, uh, 359. Red Crystal, thanks for bringing it to us. Red Crystal, Dried New York. This is my baby. Like I said, originally it was a short hook. 
made it an extended hood and uh, like from when i first got it to when i first put it on the road that was probably a three four year okay. turned 21 got my license put it on the road and went right. to work and then uh, four or five years after that pulled it back apart made it into an extended hood so just kind of did all the work myself and in my dad's barn i had a couple guys help me make the uh the hood panels when i made it into an extended hood but aside from that pretty much did everything myself so originally it was a 250 wheelbase um it was a day cab when i got it but it had the opening for one of these sleepers so i i had got that sleeper bought that from a guy local to me after i got the truck and okay. put it together knock on wood the motor's fairly untouched i mean wow. i've put i put a turbo on it you know little maintenance gaskets air compressor you know little things but haven't done an in-frame or anything on the engine yet it's a reman engine okay. there's a tag on it i'm guessing from the 90s ish okay. based on what the previous owner had told us about it so i pull a step deck around i haul a lot of landscaping material um flagstone bluestone okay. stuff like that and fall time we haul apples for a little cider mill and just whatever comes up used to haul a lot of ag related stuff hay and okay. um, stuff like that i stay close to home all Absolutely. the time yeah um, more usually almost always within New York State. Once in a while, I'll go to PA or Ohio or somewhere. Owner-operator Greg Crispell came to trucking the way so many do, following in the footsteps of his owner-operator father. And your, and your dad, you said your dad was is, was in trucking as well, he is. Yeah, he always, uh, his whole life, he's trucked. Um, he's got a, like I said, he's got an 86 black extended hood. Very similar to this, but it's, you know, original. 250 wheelbase very original truck and cool. he bought that the same week i was born so i grew up around that truck <laughs> and that kind of always like, yeah. i want one of them one day and that's kind of how this all happened yeah, that's like that's like the like in, in your head like that is that's the, the truck. truck that is a, right that, when people say a truck yeah that's what you see <laughs> yeah. yeah cool and he's still got that truck. He runs it all the time, so works it still. So what is he doing? Is he doing similar type work? He, he hauls. Uh, he's got a dump trailer. He hauls a lot of grain, okay. um, ag-related commodities. Right, so. When I was in high school, I took uh, two years of a welding class right. in school. So metal fab has kind of always been in my wheelhouse, and. Uh, you know, I always wanted cool stuff and I couldn't afford to pay people to build me cool stuff. So kind of learned how to paint and do that kind of stuff on my own. Just just figured out, winged yeah. it. This thing was kind of a guinea pig for a lot of stuff, you know, teaching myself how to do things. It ain't, it's not perfect, but you know, pretty much did it all <laughs> alone, so. Right. You didn't build that bicycle. I sure did. Yeah. yeah I, I made an aluminum one for it a couple years ago out of, uh, I put a bead roll in it, you know, something different. And then uh, about a year ago, almost, I, I got a hold of some stainless, mirror stainless and started playing with that, and building visors. And I've shipped like 30 of them to cool. different guys all over. So 
I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Both. What's your name? Look up my name. Our intrepid video men, Lawson Rudisel and Andrew Gwynn, have already produced the video showcasing owner-operator Chris Bell's 1984 model, in which you can check out that visor he was talking about there. Likewise, the rest of the extensive work put into getting the 84 just like he wanted it. I'll post a link to it in the show notes for sure. The next couple of Pete's whose stories you'll hear, though, you have to wait a little longer for the full video treatment. First up, moving along the historical timeline forward just a bit to the replacement model for the 359. Jarrett Landry's single drive axle project, Pete, is a 1988 379, from very early in that model's history. Landry's done quite a lot of modification work on the rig, which had been a day cab when he found it and dove headfirst into a three-year project custom restoration. There's a sleeper on it now, yet it's not exactly used for its traditional purpose. Here's Louisiana headquartered Jarrett Landry. I've had people ask me already a couple times, you know, if you would sell it, and it's like, <laughs> it really ain't. There's there's quite a bit of sentimental stuff on the truck, but uh, okay. I got two little boys that me and my wife both showed livestock, so hopefully they'll want to do the same. And the goal is it'll, it'll pull a, a livestock combo trailer around, and that's what we'll go to livestock shows in. So my name's Jarrett Landry. I'm from uh, Singer, Louisiana, kind of, I guess, North Lake Charles, south of Dritter, southwest corner. Okay. Uh, the truck's a, it's a 88, 379, extended hood, 48-inch stand-up, 240 wheelbase on a newer chassis. I parted out a bunch of trucks when I built it, so one right. of them that I parted out, I just frame-swapped it and let so, it be. So it's got a B model in it. Uh, being not knowing the condition of it, it got rebuilt. There's a guy out of Western Kansas, Sean Wiltfong, uh, helped me through text message and Facebook Messenger. I rebuilt the motor myself. If I run into any questions, I'd ask him. Uh, and I'm a sucker for I can't leave nothing stop at all. I, I can't just leave it be. So it's got a set of uh, factory Acer turbos mounted on it on a full tilt manifold. It's got some big nozzles in it. Uh, Sean meter time didn't set the pump and all that. It's got a 13 speed behind it. Uh, 336s. It's got a true track or a locker in it uh, just to kind of help in case you get on wet ground being a single axle. Right. People ask or they, they'll make some comment about you know you left the axle at home or uh, what's the purpose of it and I just it's just a it's an oversized dually really that's <laughs> all it is. My, my day job is uh, I'm in the oil and gas I'm a pipeline uh, I'm a project manager for a pipeline company right so uh, my dad's been a truck driver for 30 years so that's that's where the connection is yeah. i don't do it for a living his, his name's wade and he's a he's owner operator right? yeah, yeah. Yep. you know as a kid you always you know you're kind of interested in them and mm -hmm. uh i'd always seen you know, if you ever get the opportunity to do one it'd be cool to do it and the opportunity was there so i did it, it right. you know it was three years three and a half years i guess something okay. like that uh when i bought it i mean it was literally a it was a flower pot uh from the from the block up was in the cab of the truck it wasn't running it was a low boy trailer full of stuff when we come home and, okay uh, i believe last i counted there's like 11 or 12 trucks it took to put this one back okay. together so new parts was more than i was wanting to spend so i would buy either wreck stuff or, okay. or messed up and i would the goal always was to 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 buy it get what i wanted sell the rest and get all my money back and most of the time it worked out pretty good just depending on what I needed, depending on what I hunted to find to, to steal parts off. Of. I had found some trucks on Facebook that I was going to look at, and just as luck, 
my dad had a Kenworth at the time. Right. He's not a Kenworth fan. Uh, this dude actually had a truck for sale in North Louisiana that my dad was interested in. So Jared's dad was on hand in Denton for the Pride and Class event too. Longtime owner-operator Wade Landry. I looked at a couple. I'd wanted a project. Looked at a couple on the way up there. Uh, went and looked at that one for my dad, and I told the guy that had it what I was doing. Yeah. And he said, well, he said, if you want a project, I got one. It's right around the corner of the shop. <laughs> and there, this thing sat, and it was like, well, the price was right. It was sure enough a project, and yeah. uh, dad wanted the truck he had, so it was just easy to buy both of them from the same spot. Like the sleeper's all been gutted. There's no bed in it. There's no closets. It's got two Bostrom uh, Pro Rides that matches the front, uh, right, right. just so everybody rides comfortably. Because as a kid, I rode on the bed, and sure. it's it's comfortable for a little bit until the coolness wears off. Then it's not comfortable no more. So <laughs> uh, we've done some things on the inside to make it in the future to where when they start riding in it, there's a spot for a TV to mount. So so okay. try to make it as comfortable as possible. The goal was. You know, I'm from Louisiana. Uh, I looked at pictures for days right. on during the build of this, and those Southern California trucks seemed always like they were cool. <laughs> they they caught my eye. They were cool. They were different. They were clean. So I went for like a early '90s West Coast theme without ever seeing a West Coast truck, basically other than pictures. So uh, the interior is original. It, it's it's all new, but it it's original stitching and uh, you know, it's got the, the short stainless panels from 12 gauge. Certain things on these trucks I feel like are supposed to be shiny and not painted. So that's, we tried to keep the shiny stuff shiny and right. keep the paint where the paint was supposed to be. The stripes actually come off of a truck when I was a kid. My dad had, it was yellow and orange where mine's black and red. So picking a stripe pattern, you know, every time you see a stripe pattern, that means there was another truck out there. So this pattern was... I really never seen it, but a couple times outside of the one he had, so, okay. and it was different, and that's yeah. why I got, there's a couple trucks on the East Coast that have it, uh, I think there used to be a company out of California that actually, their trucks were, were painted this way okay. as factory, uh, you know, company trucks, okay. and then there's a few on the East Coast that are owner operators, or, or privately owned trucks that I've seen, and other than that, that's it, there's, there's no trucks in my area with, the, yeah. with this. The truck's actually, it's been together a year. Nacogdoches, the Old Town Rig Down show last year was the first time it moved out of my shop or, okay. or under its own power. Uh, and from then, it you know, at the time I wanted, I had the newer style look on it. It had the, the fiberglass drops and the tainted paint straps. And so in a year, it's undergone like a remake. And, and it's this is definitely, this is the right look that the truck has now. Glass lights. Uh, you know, just LEDs are cool, but they didn't have LEDs in the 90s. I did cheat a little bit. I do have LED bulbs in the glass, but other than that, it's try to keep it as original as possible. She had a couple pictures of the 1988 379 in the parade and out at the staging location at the Packard leasing facility nearby the Pete assembly plant in Denton. Catch a link to those shots in the show notes for the podcast. Likewise, a few more in the post that will ultimately house this edition of Overdrive Radio at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. The post will be dated February 19th, 2024. Next up, moving well ahead in time to a 2022 Model 389 that was on hand for the Pride and Class event. I got a little sound system in it, nothing nothing too much, just uh, 
I think we got two 12s and we've, we we replaced um, all of the, everything in it's JL and then we replaced all the factory speakers with JL and we still use the, the factory head unit. So got a little extra stereo and then uh, nothing like Lotrite. Lotrite's 15,000 watts. There's nothing like yeah. that one. That was a voice longtime Overdrive Radio listeners might well recognize in Texas headquartered Troy Massey, Massey Motor Freight, referencing a truck we saw at the 2022 Mayberry Truck Show, originally called Lot Ride. That 2014 389 was exceptional for quite a big number of features, but none more so than the sound system Massey referenced there. That truck, too, had a bit of quite literal Lot Ride to it for the custom build. It had been sitting a good while before the team went to work on it. The 2022 model Massey brought to Pride and Class, though, had a different story arc for sure. Started out with with as as naked as a truck as you could get from Peterbilt, uh, white, just a plain white truck with nothing on it, no exhaust, anything, and uh, in a baffin blue frame. Okay. And uh, we got the truck in. Uh, it sat for a while because you know the the name of the truck is dust in the wind and uh, you know unfortunately our our salesman and our friend you know friend first salesman second Dustin he passed mm-hmm. in during COVID so the truck sat for a little while while we figured out what we were gonna do to honor him so we decided we'd call the truck dust in the wind and then we began work so we we, we stripped it all the way down with literally zero miles on it we stripped it down to the frame, no cab, no sleeper, no engine, yeah. no radiator assembly, no, no nothing. Uh, and uh, we started ordering new parts and, and a lot of the, I would say most of the metal work we did in our shop, fabbing things up. We, uh, we did bring in our friends from New Gen for the, for the fenders and the T-bar and, and rear bumper. They put their kind of signature package on there. Okay. And uh, we wanted something strong and sturdy and we needed to focus our time on a lot of the other custom things. So all of the panels, um, the uh, the deck plate, the under, because it has an underbelly also under okay. it that has that's got lights uh, facing down, and, and you can't so you can't see up in the frame. Right. All of the panels they wrap around the the fuel tank, um, the way they do that. So they started out as bubs, and and then uh, the other fifty percent is. We we just built onto them and made it look as it as if they came that way, okay. uh, which is a, a job in its own. Uh, <laughs> around behind the sleeper of the truck, we relocated all the sleeper suspension and airbags, built a little panel to hide all that, so it's real clean and neat looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the exhaust, because it it does have weed burner, you know, fully functioning def system. It, okay. It's all under factory warranty, so the weed burner is still underneath there. Uh, so we do have you know kind of dummy stacks but we built these uh these panels behind the stacks uh so that it's uh it's a lot more difficult to it kind of tricks your eye a little bit okay. you know as you're walking by it, it don't just stand out and you say oh it's got dummy stack another cool thing is on the on the driver's side there's no def tank and and so we did uh, one of the other things that we kind of brought in an outsider is we we picked up a picket uh def tank relocation so the batteries went to this side def tanks in the driver's side step and you feel it right underneath the hood and uh put a one put 150 uh gallon tank uh to match the passenger side painted those and uh so it's white baffin blue and then legendary gray so you see the sparkle in the gray in the in the sun and my buddy in houston mike tatum he owns an upholstery shop and Uh that's all he does 
and uh, we're lifelong friends. And so I, I hired him to do this job. And, wow. and I, it's, so it's a full factory interior, just recovered in King Ranch leather, except for the door pot, the door panels, because we uh, uh, eliminated the door pockets. The, as far as the engine, the most of the work that we spent is in the engine bay because we pulled the engine, pulled the transmission, stripped everything that we could possibly take off of it. And every little item that you can possibly chrome, we sent down to, to Houston to have it chromed. Uh, we even we even took the, the air compressor apart. We took the the alternator apart. We, we took everything apart that we could possibly take apart and had it chromed, put it back together, together and then reinstalled it. Painted the engine baffin' blue, the transmission baffin' blue, uh, the front structures chromed, uh, the motor mounts are chromed. I mean, the fan, the fan uh, shroud ring is chromed. <laughs> the radiator assembly is all chromed. We chromed everything, <laughs> and then, uh, and then to top it off, the uh, the wheels, their the original Peterbilt oval wheels, uh, and we sent them down to a buddy of mine's shop in Houston, and and he made what he called big hole Peterbilts. Uh -huh, so yeah. they still have the the factory oval it's just exaggerated now arroyo front end air ride front end under it with king shocks piggyback king shocks and a, and a king steering stabilizer and uh, and we did that so that uh, you can still have that ride quality and no bump steer of a factory air ride but we can sit the front end all the way on the ground sit the bumper all the way on the ground when you're parked at a show kind of cool you know a little show gimmick in the interior, too, mood lights that can cycle between muted colors dot the ceiling. On the floor is a rendering commemorating the life of Rush Peterbilt Lufkin, salesman Dustin Dupree, for whom the truck is named. The floor is clear-coated over an image representing what Massey called the quote-unquote highway to heaven, as it were. Catch a picture of it and post the Houses podcast. Big thanks to Peterbilt for the invite to witness the Pride and Class gathering and parade Here's thanks to owner-operator Greg Crispell, Jarrett Landry, and fleet owner Troy Massey, all for sharing their pristine Peach 359, 379, and 389. Keep tuned to the customer section of the website and or Overdrive's YouTube channel for featured videos of Landry's 379 and Massey's 389. Find a link to Crispell's 1984 classic in the show notes, wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio is on Spotify and SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, most any listening platform. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find me and all of our episodes via overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. Big thanks to you for listening. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, Voice of the American Truck. It's edited and produced by me. Todd Dills with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme then is The Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lemmick, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor Matt Cole, executive editor Alex Lockie, and video editors Lawson Richardson and Andrew Glenn.